0: I want to thank Research FDI for sponsoring today's podcast. They're a globally renowned lead generation firm that helps economic development organizations create real prospects. They've helped over 500 economic development organizations. Let me tell you exactly what they do. They facilitate one-on-one meetings with economic developers with corporate executives who will have projects soon. They can facilitate these meetings to where you travel to the corporate executive's office and meet them there, or you meet them at a trade show or even have a conference call with them so you don't have to pay for travel. They recently launched a service called FDI 365 which provides you a lead a day of fast-growing companies that will be expanding soon. Their research has helped over $5 billion worth of projects get cited since inception. I encourage you to go to www.researchfdi.com to learn more about Research FDI. As far as I'm concerned, they are absolutely the best lead generation firm in the business for economic developers. Call them at 514-488-3168 and see how Research FDI can help you create real prospects hello this is chad chancellor with next move group before we begin today's podcast if you've been enjoying our podcast series please go over to apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review that'll sure help us out we'd appreciate it a whole lot Welcome to this week's episode of the Next Move Group, We Are Jobs Podcast. This is Chad Chance, the co-founder of Next Move Group. This is our last show of 2020, and, buddy, are we ending it on a bang? We have two guests today. Y'all know I don't do good when we have two because I don't know what you want to start with. So we've got Eliana Becknell and Brittany McCoy joining us today, and they have joined the Next Move Group team. So we've grown our team from five to seven here right at the end of December. Eliana is going to be our director of business development. She's a New Orleans native, but has relocated to Denver. And we've done a good bit work out with, so we're excited about having her. And Brittany McCoy is going to be our director of sales and recruiting. Y'all know how many of these executive searches we're doing. So Brittany's not only going to do sales for us, but also help us find candidates. And she is from a little old rural Mississippi town called Picayune that some of y'all will have heard of, similar to the little rural Mississippi town. That I am from. So, Eliana and Brittany, welcome to our show. Thank, thank, you. thank you. Thank you. So, this is their second day on the job we're recording. So, we're going to ask them all kind of hard questions. So, uh, <laughs> first of all, since we hired them a week ago, we've closed like eight deals. So, we didn't time this up. Have y'all been shocked at the deal flow we've had just in this first week since y'all joined us?
1: Oh yeah. I mean, obviously I credit that to the lady bosses being brought on board, but (laughs) I think it's phenomenal. And I think it's a testament to obviously what you and your team have done. And especially as you reference some of the training that you've done yourself, Chad, and really implemented that, you know, you've obviously found a niche that was underserved and now let's see what we can do.
0: All right, so that was Eliana. Y'all going to have to learn their voices. Cause you're going to want know. was that Brittany or was that Eliana? <laughs> that was Eliana. So we got Brittany. Brittany graduated from University of Southern Mississippi's Masters of Economic Development program. I mean, y'all know we hired Brandon Nettles out of there, I guess, two years ago now, and our revenue has doubled since we hired Brandon. So we think a whole lot of that program. So we always ask them who are some of their talented folks coming out, and they've had Brittany on our radar for a while. So Brittany, tell us what makes a girl grow up from picky and end up in Masters of Economic Development
2: <laughs> What led me into economic development was, yes, being from a small town, but experiencing, I guess, the lack of access to opportunity, including jobs and education just growing up in a small town. If you come from a family that hadn't had a good education or you come from a poor family, You don't understand the importance of economic development, going to college, bettering yourself and finding better opportunities in general. So I think that just through my mentors at Southern Miss actually teaching me that made me realize the gap and I guess the information that was missing
0: there. Well, and we kind of getting a twofer with Brittany. Her husband also went through the Economic (laughs) Development Program, didn't he? Am I saying that right, Brittany?
2: Yes, he did. He just finished uh, this
0: past month. All right, so he's going to be helping her at night because Brittany makes commission. So we're getting two out of this deal from Southern Miss. Whether he knows (laughs) it or not, we're putting him to work, Brittany. Well, Eliana, (laughs) I know your background included working for Greater New Orleans, Inc., which is the regional economic development organization in the New Orleans area. It's highly awarded. And you also work with the New Orleans Convention uh, Center and British Airways and so forth. So uh, even though you're in Denver now, you have a New Orleans tie. So why don't you walk us through your background and what really interested you in joining the next move group tape?
1: Yeah. So as you said, Chad, background with GNO Inc. Most recently, British Airways, New Orleans and company prior to that. And came out to Denver to expand my horizons, saw this opportunity with you and your team. And in the past, all of my roles have gravitated towards the small, medium-sized businesses. So when we had a chance to talk and know that's your focus, it was like, well, yeah, come on, let's join this team and see what we can do and really blow it up. I think the one thing that's pretty cool about my background that I've noticed is really unique is that i sat in every seat at the table. So I think that's something really interesting that we're going to bring to a lot of these negotiations and projects that we're going to be working on.
0: Yeah, and so, you know, New Orleans has really given us access to talent. So, I brag on New Orleans every chance I get. As somebody raised close by, but I chose to live here, you know, when we were starting Next Move Group. We uh, actually debated when we started Pensacola, Destin, you know, get those no taxes in Florida and uh, whatnot. But now we've been here now six years. And uh, Brandon, when we hired him, he and his wife, she's a nurse. She works at Oshner's. But before then, they had got out a map and listed places they might want to live and New Orleans was one of them. They listed their top five or six places. So once we got him on board, Gabby, she's from Metairie, and Brandon's wife knew her, so we hired her. And now we met Eliana through the g and Inc. and Megan McCormick, who's a mutual friend of ours. So New Orleans brought us to Eliana. And Brittany's from Picayune. Y'all don't know where Picayune is. It's, what, an hour away. Brittany, how far is Picayune from New Orleans?
2: Yeah, barely an hour away.
0: Hour away. And so Brittany, and I'm going to tell on her, she interviewed for a job down here with one of our clients. I won't say which one because we've done a bunch. And uh, she ended up finishing second. But she so impressed those people. And I'll never forget it. When she came in and she had done all this economic research on them, before she sat down, she said, I'm going to tell you all about your parish. And she walked out and the parish president, and he said, now, I'm impressed. That's what he said. So that stuck in my mind. <laughs> with Brittany. We walked out to meeting and Brandon and Gabby looked at me and they said, oh God, Chad's going to hire this Brittany. <laughs> I said, been, he's going to hire her here. <laughs> so, so Eliana is going to build out basically our sales processes. And so as many small businesses struggle, a lot of our sales processes are in my brain and in Alex's brain. And now we've grown to the point we're big enough Just in the last week, we must have closed eight or nine sales. Mm -hmm. So now we've gotten big enough that we've got to build a machine, and a lot of small businesses really go through this. So Eliana's going to build that out, and I just got a hunch that I can teach Brittany my Mississippi small-town ways, and she's going to be able to help us recruit and sell things. So Eliana, why don't you just kind of talk about the systems and your expertise and how you got that expertise that you can help us build.
1: Yes, definitely. Thanks, Chad. So I'm fortunate enough that I had a lot of very forward thinking mentors and bosses in my past. And they were basically like, hey, you can't really mess up computer systems. So let's see what you can do. And I am what would be referred to as an elderly millennial. So I still remember dial up internet and AIM and things like that. So basically I was one of the young kids joining some of these teams. They put me in a CRM. They said, what can you do? And my entire career has been spent in CRMs of one sort or another. And for next move group, And in this specific capacity, I mean, really what we're trying to do is identify who it is that we want to be working with long term and get them information in a easy consumable format and then further filter that information, if you will, to make sure that we're providing both our projects and our potential candidates with the most useful, timely information as we're learning it as well. And then use what we're learning internally to just continue to grow and expand our team the idea is really for the full team to have the same breadth of knowledge at a glance so we can all be able to help folks, regardless of if Brittany's on the phone or Chad's on the phone or Chad's doing a conference and you know someone's on a plane, we'll all be able to help you in a very similar manner and at least take that information back to a central location. So maybe if I don't have the immediate answer, Chad does, and then he sees that I need help with that. So he's able to step in quickly. So the idea is just to create really seamless systems and processes get our information out more quickly and in a more helpful manner, and then be able to further engage with our clients and be more proactive instead of reactive because y'all have just blown up. So now we got to get it under control. And talk about
0: your time working for the New Orleans Convention Center. So that was actually part of our early growth. Obviously, with COVID, we're not having conventions. But being located here, I'm telling you, we would have a convention once a week. Yes. And somebody would be in town, whether an industry, a manufacturer, the food show, an economic development show, and and they were always calling on me. They figured Chad will buy me a nice supper somewhere if I call <laughs> on him. And so that's all gone away. But that was part of our growth. Yeah. And so what did you do for the convention center? Because you may be able to help us. I think we got a whole strategy when conventions come back of working. Yeah, we there. definitely you do. Know, I'm going to be putting you on own- stage, Chad. Yeah, you know, New Orleans is on the route with like Las Vegas and Nashville and Orlando mm-hmm. and so forth.
1: Yep. So that's actually how I first interacted with G&O Inc. I worked for a female leader at that time, Kara Banish, who now leads Omni Hotel Group. And she was very encouraging about being forward thinking in business development. As we know, conventions meetings are pretty historical legacy industry, if you will. So a lot of things have been done the same way, tried but true. And then you get people like me and the younger generation coming in who just want to do new things. So basically what I would do is I would look at our need calendar. I would go in and identify what those need periods were in conjunction with our hotel partners and our suppliers in the region. And then I would use SWOT analysis to identify where there was new opportunity and basically just Hit the ground trying to get in touch with those people and form relationships with those people and justify why coming to New Orleans and the greater New Orleans region made a lot of sense. So, my first interaction actually with Grady Fitzpatrick, the VP of Business Development with GNO Inc., was working with him to bring a big restaurant meeting to the city. That would have been a big win for the city. It was a big win for the city, but of course, you leave just as things happen. So, the contract was signed 30 days after I left. And in that role, I really saw the synergy between economic development and conference and business development. So as Chad mentioned, New Orleans has really been this convention city. You know, we have 16 million visitors that come in and out just attending conventions. So why are we not capitalizing on that audience <coughs> And how can we go about doing so in a productive manner that's not really wasting anyone's time? So we're going to ramp up. So when the world is ready again, we can be part of what's going on with the meetings and conventions. And we can try and connect that gap, if you will, or those silos between economic development and meetings and conventions, and really start bringing those expertise into the same room, have everyone talking together, and really start examining what it is we can do with our small and medium-sized businesses through this convention sector, if you will.
0: I want to thank Location one.com some of you know it as Lois for sponsoring today's podcast. In my opinion, Lois is the best Buildings and Sites database on the market. One of the reasons I think that is it gives you nationwide exposure. So I used to be the economic developer in Paducah, Kentucky and I made a terrible mistake. I only put my Buildings and Sites on the Kentucky Economic Development Buildings and Sites database. Well, Paducah bordered Illinois and was within 30 or so miles of Missouri, Indiana and Tennessee. So what sense did it make for me to not put my buildings and sites on a nationwide database? Well, Lois does that for you. Looking back, I should have put my buildings and sites on Lois. It's also easy to use for an economic developer. It's just like using Facebook. It walks you through how to insert your pictures and your information and so forth. And the thing I like most, it works well on my iPad. If I'm in an industrial building, I want to be able to look at that thing on my iPad. Lois does that for me. Other buildings and sites databases struggle with that. So if you got 10 or 15 minutes to spare, go over to location1.com book yourself a demo and see if this can help your community have more success so Brittany lives in jackson work for mississippi development authority and in the city of jackson so we have told her Brittany can move to new orleans if she wants to she might one of these days so, <laughs> so Brittany, you plan to stay in jackson i know you were interviewing for jobs down here that's how i met you or do you like the idea of living in new orleans
2: I do like the idea of living in New Orleans. I still have to sell my husband on it. <laughs> all
0: right, put him but, back. Bring him down here. I'll sell him. When exactly. The COVID <laughs> ends, I'll take you all to a nice. So, see, we have to do all this virtually. I tell you, mm-hmm. I would have never believed the COVID might have helped us in this regard. You know, Eliana's in Denver. Brittany's in Jackson. Two years ago, it's no way that we would have hired two people and couldn't have them here to train. But now the pandemic's made us learn Zoom. So now I didn't even think twice about it, you know, the way it worked out. But Brittany, walk us through what you did with MDA and in the city of Jackson before joining Next Move Group.
2: With MDA, I worked as a program manager in the Community Services Division, and I managed two programs, two grant programs. Uh, one is state based, the DIP program, and also the federal CDBG or Community Development Block Grant program, the economic development portion. A portion of that money went to public facilities, and then the other half went to economic development. So my focus was on those two economic development grant programs and also managing all the projects in northeast Mississippi and the north parts of the Delta. So I split my time between site visits and monitoring projects, meeting with locally elected officials, local project managers, and CEOs of companies interested in doing business in Mississippi, as well as current businesses looking to expand. So. They would send out project managers, kind of discuss the deals, what we can do for them, all that good stuff, (laughs) and then I'd come in and pick it up from there, go through all the guidelines, cover all the who does what, who's responsible for what, and see the projects out from from that point on uh, to finish. So that was my focus at MDA. My time with Jackson, they were pretty much just starting up an economic development, I guess, portion of the planning and development department. So a few months before I started, they onboarded someone to be the deputy director of planning and development, and then he brought me on. He's actually from Southern Miss as well, from the economic development master's program. And so we began putting together programs that would help with industrial business retention, kind of incorporating more retail strategies, and kind of figuring out the best way to win some local bit not local business, I'm sorry. <laughs> to win some new retail business and to make sure that it was catered to the actual residents of Jackson. A lot of times here you see everything's catered to the Jackson metro area, but not necessarily the population of Jackson. So that was what a lot of our time was spent on.
0: Yeah, and so one of our real growth strategies is uh, we started a mayor's podcast. And so the people listening to this podcast or economic developers, they probably don't hear our mayor's show, but it comes out on Wednesdays. We have been shocked at the response we've gotten from that. Nearly every week, we've got mayors emailing us and calling us. And so part of Brittany's responsibilities are going to be to reach out to those mayors that are responding to us. She knows where to go find the money. She knows how to make sure you do it properly and all. So she's going to be able to help people with all of that. Brittany, tell people, because uh, we've had Brandon on our show talking about the Masters of Economic Development at Southern Miss. We've had Dr. Miller, but it's been a while. Tell mm-hmm. people really what you learned. A lot of our listeners may be thinking, you know, I want to go get my master's. Just give them a minute or two. You don't have to go in great detail. But talk about kind of the high level what you learned in that program, why it was valuable to you.
2: Honestly, I would say it teaches you to be a jack of all trades. Well, granted, two years, four years, five years is not enough time to cover every topic, but it makes you understand that when you need to learn how to do research, what to do with that information once you find it, and how to apply it. So you need to understand the social side, the implementation of it, all of the above. If someone calls, you know, from Amazon, you need to know what to be able to tell them. If a mayor calls or you get, um, I guess, a local position, you need to know what to do. It doesn't matter what type of role you take. You need to be able to learn how to do that research and to know how to move forward based off what you learned from that program. And it did teach us enough to know exactly how to hold ourselves no matter what position we take.
0: Well, I called him checking you out, and they told me they said she's great with people. Everybody loves her. She's good at the sales <laughs> side of it. So <laughs> you made some friends while you were there.
2: Well, good. <laughs>
0: In June of 2020, Next Move Group launched a new initiative called The Movement, and we already have more than 100 economic developers as part of our movement. The movement was really built to help improve the quality of lives of economic developers. It helps economic developers land more deals, helps them get along better with their board and elected officials, helps them deal with the media, even helps them learn how to build their resume if they want to look for a new job. So thank you to our first 100 members, and if you want to join the movement, go to thenextmovegroup.com backslash movement to learn more all right so i gotta know did your husband play football because picayune always beat wayne county we never could beat y'all that's about the time you were probably in school that y'all were beating us every year did you Mm -hmm. go to picayune or pearl river county
2: i did go to picayune
0: did your husband was he part of the teams that beat us is he from picayune
2: He's actually from Brandon, but he ran Trek. track.
0: Oh, okay. All right. So we didn't have to work mm-hmm. picking. He's got a fine. They beat us every single year. <laughs> uh, Eliana, you grew up in New Orleans. Walk us through your, your uh, growing up and what ended up leading you just in the whole economic development world.
1: So 14-year girl from McGee, born and raised in New Orleans. My family's actually all from the UK. So to be totally honest, I was looking for a job that gave me an excuse to travel around. <laughs> something that I've always done and something that I've always really enjoyed doing. Economic development, if you will, found me and I have just fallen in love with it and I truly find a lot of inspiration from it. I feel like you actually get to help people and see the outcome, which so few of us get to see these days. And now that I find myself in Denver, it's even more interesting because you just get to see um, comparison between both New Orleans and Denver, which is just phenomenal. Two very different cities, but a lot of things that are really similar. So a lot of opportunity for growth, and I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, and you know, when we talk about small to mid-sized communities, most people consider New Orleans mid-sized. Uh-huh. Growing up in a little town like Brittany and I, we thought it was big. But your average Joe thinks <laughs> New Orleans is mid-sized, and we've done a lot of work here. So, as folks really think about it, I think that Eliana will be able to open that whole that whole market for us. So we are really heating up right now in executive searches. We're doing, I don't know, four or five, and we tell our listeners, we've actually gotten to where we're helping manufacturers also. We're helping one find a warehouse manager. We're helping one find a sales manager. So as we do that, y'all going to be hearing from Brittany. She's going to be calling you and recruiting you into a job, and if you don't want that job, you just tell her, say, Brittany, call me back when you have one over here or over there. So we're heating up in them, so we've got to keep good you know, ideas of who might want to go where because we're just getting so busy at it. So I know that's been Brittany's task so far. She's already found us two or three candidates for our early jobs. And Brittany, considering we tried to recruit you for one of our jobs, you've now been on both sides of it. You see how we do it. Right. <laughs> Talk about, and I know you'll get more experience as we go in it, but we always like to give tips on this show. The job where we met you, you came in and you had done research and data that you passed out to every search committee member. And I'm putting you on the spot. I didn't tell you to ask you this, but (laughs) tell tell our listeners what it was you passed out because it really was a nice touch. And that committee, when you left the room, they said, wow, this girl come in prepared. She had done her homework. What was it that you put together for them? We won't say where it was.
2: (laughs) Well... Again, I'll give a shout out to Southern Miss. Um, They definitely taught us to prepare to do a little bit of research, but I put together a SWOT analysis and then a couple of suggestions for some of their challenges. They were obvious, but I think that doing that teaches you to try to set yourself apart. Personally, I think that everyone's a good talker, but unless you deliver something, it's kind of pointless. And when you're in an interview, there's not much you can deliver, but yourself. So all you have is your word and, I hope and a dream that you're trying to deliver. So I think just having something extra to kind of show that you did some research, you care about the community, you're more interested. You're not just looking for that job or a particular pay rate. You're interested in actually doing something for the community. Like Ileana said, I am passionate about actually helping individuals and helping
0: communities grow. All right. Well, as we sort of start to wind down, share something with these listeners they may not ever guess about y'all. Tell us something fun or some career advice you got one day to help you out. Y'all don't both go at the same time. I'll put pressure on
1: them. <laughs> I'll go first, Brittany, if that's okay. Yes. <laughs> so one of the things that I always tell the female entrepreneurs and small businesses I work with, and this is something that I think most people can do, but it's one of those ways that I try to really empower female candidates, is when you go in for an interview or you're going in and meet someone, do something very discreetly that is in your target's colors are in their frame, just something that's in their frame of mind. So even subconsciously, they're already thinking about you as a member of their team because you've either got the right colors on or you're rocking the right football wear or something like that. I mean, I'm never going to not support the Saints, so don't go too far. But <laughs> I could tell you when I went in for British Airways, whether they knew it or not, I was wearing British Airways blue and red in every single interview that I went into. Yeah, that is Nails
0: hair. <laughs> it was to the nines. So uh, yeah, if you're going interviewing interview in Baton Rouge, you need your purple and gold. That's, that's right. interesting. I never heard that. You know, you always hear the <laughs> advice for the men to like wear the power red tie or whatever. So that's really good. And you know, we've hired a lot of women for these searches we're doing. It's probably close to 50-50. So that's really great advice. Brittany, any advice sticking in your mind from the years? I personally
2: tell people, I guess to expect for people to expect the worst out of you. So that when you go into any introduction or any meeting for the first time, your goal is to automatically change the perception of you. And I think we all naturally kind of form opinions based off of, you know, initial conversation or reading about somebody. So when you walk in, they already have that preconceived notion. So your goal is, I don't know what they're thinking about me, but when I leave, I want them to say, wow, I'm impressed.
0: Well, that's what happened in the interview, you made an impression, <laughs> you made an impression with us. Well, folks, as soon as uh, COVID ends, you'll probably see Eliana and Brittany at A D C and trade shows and all, uh, who knows how long it'll take until we do that. So in the meantime, you might hear from them, they may want to do a Zoom with you, we're going to be calling on mayors, we're going to be calling on economic developers just to know all of the things that Next Move Group can do to really help you all grow. That's our mission is to help small to mid-sized companies, communities, and nonprofits. And we're going to make it our job to let you know what it is that we do. So, Eliana and Brittany, thank you all for being with us today. And we look forward to getting this show on the road.
1: Thank you so much, Chad.